Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm very excited as, as well as a little nervous to start this show, uh, which is like, uh, a, it came out of my own curiosity called YC Founder Stories. And this is the first ever episode I'm recording. And today I have Chris Franz. Welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. And great to have you, Chris. This, I probably, this is the best way to open the show. So Chris has been like, you know, killing it uh, on Twitter and his past experience speaks about himself. Uh, he sold like a, 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 I think before the AI hit his rise, you know, you were working on this uh, thing called Snazzy and which you sold it to Unbounce and, you know, you did a lot of shit. So kudos on that. And uh, I'm excited to like dive into uh, a little deeper into your experience getting into YC. So. All right, I do have like a series of questions and we can get get thing, get this thing going. All right, what is your startup idea? Sure, so I'm building Loops. Uh, Loops is modern email for SaaS companies. We thought that there was potentially a gap in the market because for our last company, we were using a tool called MailChimp. Uh, it was $1,500 a month uh, or so by the time we sold our company and it was not built for SaaS. So, we thought potentially there were other people that felt like us and uh, that ended up being a correct assumption, at least up to this point. Uh, folks want a tool that works specifically for the situation and needs that they have. That wasn't available in the market uh, to the extent that we want it. So we put it out there and it's been working well. Awesome. And how did you come up with the idea? I've thought about this for probably a decade. Um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's, it's email, right? So it's been around forever. Um, but I, I just, I, I knew it could be better. Um, mm -hmm. I knew, I knew somebody needed to take a fresh take at it. Everyone's doing the same thing. It all feels mm -hmm. so similar. Uh, every competitor is just like a different flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, so we thought we could approach it from first principles, mm -hmm. but then eventually polish it and extend it in a way that nobody else has. So um, the first year was about feature parity. Year two mm -hmm. is about, well, still still somewhat about feature parity, but year two is about starting to add the magic that differentiates us. And then year three, uh, which we're coming into next year, it's going to be very exciting. That's, uh, that's we're going to add a lot of features that I don't think anyone's ever seen before. Awesome. That sounds great. And when did you get into YC? So we were in the winter 22 batch of YC. Um, we had sold our company uh, to Unbounce six months mm -hmm. prior. We left Unbounce. Uh, without a plan, my co-founder and I, and mm. then that same co-founder uh, and I applied to Y Combinator. Uh, I believe it was after the deadline. We got in pretty quickly, which was great. Um, mm. And honestly, we spent a very small amount of time in the application. We knocked mm. it out in like 30 minutes between the oh, two wow. of us one night. <laughs> um, awesome. We went with our first take on our video application and we got in. So... I will say that it it wasn't the first time we applied. We applied, my co-founder and mm -hmm. I, about six years mm -hmm. ago, also together. Um, and that's actually one of the uh, one of the indicators that YC is looking for, is mm -hmm. um, whether you've known your co-founder for a while and you've continued working with them, and it's a relationship that'll stand the test of time. Because that's one of the biggest things that kill startups is um, infighting and um, co-founders falling out. Right. And what are the key elements to focus on when applying for YC? So I've reviewed a lot of applications. 
um, I used to give really in-depth responses. And now I give very brief responses. And I've, I've noticed that um, you can really improve your application if you do one simple thing, which is get all of the marketing crap out of it. So you're not trying to sell yourself. And that's a mistake that a lot of people make. You're trying to be honest, direct, upfront, and, you know, a little bit personable. Um, and that's about it. So don't, no marketing terms, no sales terms, no fluff at all. They see right through that. Their eyes close over. So you should be as direct as possible. Um, and when I reflect back at our application, I think that what worked well for us there as well because like we did it in such a short period of time we didn't have time for fluff we just wrote literally the most important things and then got it out the door um and i think that's what a lot of founders miss is their applications become too bloated they spend too much time on it they take too much advice in reality they can probably ditch 90 percent of what's in there and just have the 10 percent most important stuff awesome and if you can uh, share your YC interview experience, probably like, you know, in one or two sentence, sentences or package in however you want. Yeah, sure. So um, it's a pretty intense experience, I would say. It's not it's not like anything else I've ever experienced before. It still have, have yet to experience again um, mm. and did not experience during YC. So I, I will say it's a singularly unique experience. Um, uh, it was it was very intense. Uh, we were at the idea stage, and we were grilled about questions that we still don't have answers for. Um, mm. A couple years into the business now, but we were grilled and pushed really hard on these very specific future questions uh, that we would have to solve, and we hadn't even thought about. Uh, and so that that threw me off. I called my co-founder that night right afterwards. And I apologized for about 15 minutes because I did the majority of the talking in the interview. And I apologized because I, I knew I had tanked the interview. Um, and then uh, later on, uh, I realized that the reason that they ask you those things is not because they assume that you have answers to problems that you haven't encountered yet or haven't thought of. It's to see how you reason and rationalize and um, you know whether that's enough to take the wind out of your sails um, when you're pre uh, presented with uh, what would otherwise feel like a blocker. So part of it is just to kind of challenge the person, I think. And um, that was very confusing for me. It was not a format I was prepared for. And that's uh, not one I've experienced again after that. Yeah. And did you pivot your idea anytime during or after YC or is it the same idea? I'm very anti-pivot. I don't mm -hmm. think... I don't know. There have been such great ideas that have come out of pivots and, and that's, that's fine. But I've thought about this for a while. The email space is huge. If I can't make this work, it's not a fault of the business. It's not a fault of the idea. It's just a fault of the operator of me. So pivoting to me would amount to admitting failure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's the healthiest or even the smartest way to approach it. Um, but we have, a pretty extensive amount of resolve built up around the future of this company and the importance that it holds. So no pivoting over here. Cool. And how did YC help you go from zero to one and eventually to N? 
they wanted us to start generating revenue much faster than we were prepared to. So we got in with an idea, zero code, um, Jan 1. Uh, and I think it kicked off like January 3rd or January 4th or something. So we, we got in with no code. We had no code on day one. And then they wanted revenue um, two weeks in on the second week, uh, which we were not uh, prepared for. <laughs> So we did, I mean, we, we got, I think we got our first user. Um, and then by the end of the first month, we had our first three or four users, but we were like, what we had shipped was hot, hot, hot garbage. Um, <laughs> it was really bad. Mm. Uh, it was fine. I think we nailed the core idea of what some of our target demo was looking for, which was simplicity. Um, mm. But it was also beneficial to, uh, to have YC there because I think half of our early users were from our same YPC patch which is great. Mm. Nice. And if you may do, can you share like a do things that don't scale? You know, one of the stories that you encountered in your startup journey. Sure. Yeah. I'm like the king of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have, we should probably start scaling more things. Um, get a little burnt out on some of it. Uh, one of the things is I onboarded every customer um, mm. for the first year, which is almost 300 onboarding calls. Wow. Which is pretty silly. Uh, <laughs> I got burnt out on that one, um, but you know we did a year of it, and um, uh, now what we do is we offer every user a Slack Connect channel. Mm. Um, so we have hundreds of those as well, so you can contact us directly through Slack. So you know both of those are very manual actions. Um, they require a lot of follow up, a lot of grit to just continue doing over and over and over and over and over again, answering the same questions over and over and over again. But that's how you, that's how you grow. That's how you get better. That's how you stay close to the customer. You know, we do founders do all the support. Um, we also, thankfully we, we have some employees that, that also help. And we're very grateful that they're, that they've started to do that. But, um, you know, we still do the majority of it, my co-founder and I. And how did you get your first hundred or thousand users? And how long did it take to get, you know, that set? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a good question because I'm still not 100% sure. <laughs> um, well, we, we launched some promotions. Um, we never did any real advertising, but like I bought a billboard in Times Square and I let startups show their uh, startup on it and mm. um, launched it on Product Hunt. We had like almost a thousand people sign up for that. So that was mm. cool. And then... Uh, maybe 20%, 30% of them saw it was sponsored by Loops um, and then mm. they signed up for Loops. We also launched a box of cereal, um, which was kind of fun. Nice. Uh, we, yeah, we bought a newsletter, workspaces.xyz, and mm -hmm. hired Ryan, who was running it. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those are really strange, indirect ways of getting users. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've run a lot of marketing in the past um, at at companies that have like millions of dollars a month in budget. Hmm. So when I didn't have that, I kind of had to figure out some other ways of doing it. And I don't have the bandwidth to mentally to post on Twitter all the time or X all the time. Um, mm -hmm. I do feel like I do probably post a lot, but not like some of these folks do. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 of course. So, so I look for something that's a little bit more uh, scalable. And what's really worked for us recently has been word of mouth. The majority of our new users are now coming from other users recommending them. And that's the flywheel that we really wanted to kick off and it's working well for us. Hmm. That's awesome. Uh, we'll unpack more in, in the later of the conversation. But last question, uh, 
if you can share three tips for founders who are trying to get into YC, what would those be? Uh, throw away half of your application. You probably don't need it. It's probably way too bloated. Um, if you say that you have uncaptured revenue on your application, but you haven't captured it for some reason, they're going to want to know why. And we see that a lot, or I see that a lot when I'm reviewing applications. People are like, yeah, there's 5,000 people that I could contact. And the obvious question mm -hmm. is, why haven't you contacted them? Um, and then the third one would be to just do it because over 50% of the uh, folks in our batch um, had applied to YC in the past. Mm. So, um, you know, this, it's just do it. <laughs> you, you might fail. You, you very likely will fail the first time I did. Right. Um, but, uh, the sooner you get out of the way, uh, the sooner you can get onto your second application. Awesome. Uh, Chris, that's amazing. And <laughs> let's move on to the bonus content. Like that's what I'm kind of like in experimenting with this, uh, podcast. Sure. The first set of questions are cool. very straightforward and like, you know, it's instant value and probably like we'll dive into like a little bit of a uh, couple of things which you already mentioned in the in, in your answers. Number one, uh, did YC ever asked you about like competition because email is such a heavy uh, competitive world. Like there is Gmail, there is Superhuman, there are like, you know, those type of, of course, the platforms at the same time, there are MailChimp. MailerLite, like these type of platforms who are, whose bread and butter is on email marketing. So uh, how did you like handle those questions or did they ever like, you know, pointed out about competition? The competition is interesting um, because if, if they weren't competing with you for the same customer, then, then what competitors actually are are just people that are interested in the same things and hobbies as you are. And in real life, we call those people friends. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> like, if right. you're like, I want to start an email marketing company. I also want to start an email marketing company. Let's be buddies. But in reality, right. like you're competing against each other. Um, even right. though you guys have the same hobbies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so w YC tells you that competitors um, almost never kill a company. Mm. Um, so don't waste your bandwidth on them. And I generally agree. Um, we haven't seen any any real damage to our company dealt by a competitor. Um, as far as I can tell, no, no new competitors that have launched since then. None of the existing ones have been anything that we weren't prepared for or expecting. We pay them as little mind as possible and spend time building our own platform. Interesting. And you also mentioned that your the first MVP was heavily built on no code, right? And when, when you were building, like no code okay, so, so, sorry it wasn't actually built on no code it was it was trash but it was built on code <laughs> oh <laughs> oh that, that 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 i think that answers my question but do you think generally yc encourages uh founders to rely on no code or they they ask like do definitely build something on code or what is the situation yeah I, i'm not sure they want you to get to revenue quickly um i one thing that I remember is um, when we were building our first or our previous company, um, Snazzy, one of our competitors uh, got to a million ARR faster than we did. And they did mm -hmm. it using a no code setup. It mm -hmm. was like half no code, half code. We didn't even know it. No users at the end knew it. They just revealed it a year after the fact. Um, right. 
Now, I should mention that their setup was hot garbage, and it was like it was awful. But they took the time that they didn't spend in engineering, and they spent it in marketing. As a result, they were able to distribute faster, go to market faster, which was helpful in that space. Not in all spaces, but it was helpful in that space. Um, hmm. And capture revenue faster. So I, I think it's, you know, it, it frees you up to spend time elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. If you allocate that time into something that generates revenue, then it's a good investment. If you allocate that time to like chilling, <laughs> it's probably right. less of a good investment. Hmm. And you've built companies before, and I saw in, on your LinkedIn that you have heavy experience. It's, it's not like you're a first time founder or you're new to this game. Sure. Why did you apply to YC? Is there a particular le- reason you went to YC for, you know, to explore? Is it network or what is what is that that you wanted? I just really wanted to get in. Um, <laughs> I wanted uh, some, some type of validation in the space, I think, mm-hmm. partially. Um, I wanted to see what the best of the best uh, could net me. Um, it's very selfish reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't live in the Bay Area. Uh, I live in a small town outside of Washington, D.C. Mm. Um, my co-founder doesn't live anywhere near me. Um, you know, we're remote and async as a team. We don't mm. fit the mold at all. The only thing uh, from a location standpoint, um, we do fit it from a past experience and success standpoint, which I think probably helps you get in. Mm. Uh, but it was just something I really wanted to do more than anything else. And uh I'm surprised I got in, to be honest. I don't know. They're just letting anybody in nowadays. If I got in, you can do it. Anybody mm-hmm. can do it. <laughs> Find You're yourself a smart modest. co-founder and ride, and ride their coattails really hard. <laughs> right. You're being very modest. But uh, you, you, you briefly talked about marketing, which is unconventional marketing, basically like, you know, tweeting about memes. You did a lot of that I saw in, on your Twitter profile and, you know, buying workspaces, for example, or buying the billboards. It's all like not traditional, typical SEO type of marketing, right? What was the inspiration behind doing those things? And when you do these things, do you feel risky putting the money or what was your mindset like? Um, I've spent so much freaking money on Facebook and and YouTube and all of these places. I've paid so many influencers. I've worked with all the famous people (laughs) on the internet. I've given them all money. And you know what? I was just so burnt out on all the traditional techniques. And I just wanted to do something fun that I knew would net some users. And um, it worked and it was successful. And uh, the only person I had to be accountable to was myself. Um, some mm. things work better than others. I think Brex definitely jacked my billboard idea and they've been running that promotion ever since I did it. Mm. So shout out to them for being smarter and capitalizing on that long term. But that one mm. worked extremely well. Um, and then uh, some of the other ones I did worked out not as well. The The newsletter acquisition was great, not because of the acquisition, but because we got Ryan, who's an awesome employee. Um, mm-hmm. And he you know advocates for loops all the time. He's, he's the best. So, mm. um, I don't know. Part of it is just like not having to be accountable to anybody else. Um, and, and just want to try some more fun things because marketing can be kind of, if you spent your career doing it, it can kind of be a try. Right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. And before getting into YC, and I think probably 
like you said, your previous experience must have helped, right? And you working with for the sure. co-founder for a long time is can also, you know, might have added weight to the application. But for folks, now that you saw many applications, uh, you know, you've read, I did, you know, gave reviews and all that. What was like the trend? What's the trend that YC just generally picks? Is it prior experience? Is it like co-founder bonding? What else can you uh, tell us? You know, they say they don't invest in ideas, they invest in people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, so we, had, we, invest, we applied with a couple different ideas. Uh, and we, we got in for uh, a couple different ideas, I guess. And then we ended up building one. Um, I, I see folks that come in with a couple different ideas, with no idea. Like, you can get accepted into YC with zero idea. So that's what they have to tell you. Um, so it's really about who you are, what you've accomplished, and what you want to accomplish as a person, as far as I can tell. And it's an imperfect process, you know. They get tens of thousands of applications. Um, every batch and um, they manually go through them as far as I can tell. And if you don't get in, it doesn't mean anything against you. If you do get in, it's definitely not validation of you being a success. Um, what they do give you is $500,000 introductions mm-hmm. to a lot of investors, best in class uh, uh, tools uh, for you to improve your company, tons of deals. Um, but ultimately you still have to do the work. You still have to make a company. The batch lasts three months and then, you know, you have to go do the thing. And for founders who are on the verge of, do I have to apply or do I have to not apply? Oh, you just do it. Just do it. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I, I knew that right. you will say that because most most founders take a chance, right? Like you're not lo- going to lose anything. The worst case, right. they... Uh, but any cautionary things founders should think about before applying for YC? Because some founders, they say that uh, 7% is huge think about that or you can bootstrap for example that's something like you know a lot many founders are suggesting these days so what's your take um i think if you want i think you have to you have to come figure out your mindset do you want to build a vc backed company that's where you start um mm-hmm. if you want to build a vc backed company which means that you know you you get on the treadmill right you raise your c mm-hmm. your series a your series b you just keep going so there's predictive growth metrics. You're supposed to scale a company. There's a lot of things that come with that. If you don't want to do that and you want to do your own thing, then then don't apply to YC. <laughs> like, like do do the do the indie hacking thing and enjoy it. And you know you could make tens of millions of dollars or one million or zero. You know who knows? And it could be all yours. If you want to do a VC backed business, mm. the best chance of success historically has been to go through something like YC. It's, I mean, by the data, it's the best incubator that there is. Um, so I don't know. If, if you have the ability to do the best thing, then do the best thing. Mm. If you think the 7% is too much and you can beat the odds, go for it, go go somewhere else, do whatever you want. I don't know. Uh, I would say that more founders think that they're being picky and like, not gifting YC with their presence when in reality it's, mm. you know, some of the smartest people in the country are at the top universities dropping out of Stanford and Harvard to attend YC companies. Like in our batch, we had a, a person that built a unicorn come back to YC a second time for the 7%. Well, she didn't need the money. So like, right. you know, I would just say your chance of success increases as far as I can tell. 
if you go through YC. That's awesome. I think it's, like you said, it should be very selfish uh, Absolutely. to get into YC, right? Like you have to 100%. have the drive probably that, that might like, you know, push you to like apply YC and given first you have to make up your mind, as you said, do you want to build this VC backed company or not? Uh, how was your experience? Did you went like in person? Did you spend like no, all we were the months? last, the last of like the COVID batch. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were the last one that was full remote. Uh, so yeah, we, we yeah. were full remote. Yeah. Well, what was the experience like? Have you like being remote versus being in real life? Do you feel any difference from previous experiences you heard from other founders who went to IC or is it the same? What was it like, uh, going through the whole three months process with them? Yeah, I would have preferred in person, but it also would have been tricky for us at the time. I mean, we had uh, a newborn mm. and COVID was happening. So if they had said in person, it would have been a lot <laughs> for mm. us to like figure out to get across the country. Um, so I think it, out of necessity, it made a lot of sense at the time. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I still think people consistently undervalue um, remote work. I mean, and and, and all mm-hmm. of that. I mean, part of that is 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 just because of the inherent quickness of it. So I think we mm. did like 40 VC calls in a week. Wow. Um, and like, you know, we finished before demo day. Um, and we, we did our funding in like under two weeks, mm. which is really, really, really fast. And there was a lot of people local and they did not move at nearly the same speed. Um, mm. For us, we optimized for wire fast quickly. <laughs> mm. uh, and And that was successful and it worked well. And um, I don't know. I think people consistently undervalue the speed that you can do things. Mm. I know a lot and, of people that like go to VC offices and they raise in person. And that seems like a right. fucking huge waste of time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. When, when you can do all that on the internet, right? Like having like a Zoom call or like a virtual call makes a lot of sense. And uh, in the whole three months of the process, right? Is there like a plan that you guys, especially with you and your co-founder, you work together to reverse engineer demo day to like, you know, present day versus what did you observe other founders? Is there a pattern that you observe that there are like different, different ways to uh, go through the whole three months? What was, I, I want to like unpack that a little bit. The founders that were the flashiest and the loudest did the worst as far as I can tell. <laughs> Like in the real world, once I got out of YC. Um, and then uh, the founders that just quietly built businesses seem to be doing the best. Like um, a local friend of mine who's, who's near the D.C. area, he was in my patch, and he raised a Series A <laughs> like six months ago. Um, mm-hmm. So in like uh, about a year, he did a seed in a Series A, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, cause he also mm. started with just an idea at the same time I did. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I think, I think you want to optimize for just building your business and not so much of trying to be the loudest voice in, in, in your batch. If that makes mm. sense. I say mm. that as someone that was pretty loud in the batch. And what was the demo day? Like, did you get some good attention from investors? I think YC gathers like thousand plus if I'm not wrong or some yeah, odd number. No, it was of good. It was good. Um, 
we got a lot of interest. Our round was pretty much closed at that point, so we just let in a couple of alumni, and that was pretty much it. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we hacked it a little bit in that we raised ahead of Demo Day. Uh, I think if we had raised post-Demo Day, it would have uh, been just as successful. Uh, we just had the ability and means to raise before, so we did so. And how did how did YC help you raise post or you know even pre demo day? What did what did they do like you know generally? Yeah, um, they walk you through that process, uh, uh, the process of, of of raising your round, and you know they provide the safe, which is the agreement uh, mm -hmm. that you raise on, uh, and then they also give you five hundred thousand dollars, right? Which makes you able to be in a much more powerful position when trying to raise funds because you don't have just like a month or two months or three months of runway if you're one mm. or two co-founders and uh, with 500k unless i guess you're like trying to buy a gpu cluster for your ai company but um most founders can survive for a little while with 500k and it gives them a lot more power in the negotiation uh and not take terms that are inherently bad for their company and uh, this is this is more of like a selfish question because sure uh, that's okay I want to like also does founders like yourself with with family you know there are like people who are single they can like you know take a risk and they can move anywhere they want and whatnot right so for folks who are like you and me we have kids we have like family uh, what advice do you give for them uh, and how do you like you know balance your do you, did you take salary or what is like the situation if you want to like you know if it's okay to like share Okay to share. Yeah, sure. Well, you should definitely pay yourself. Um, if you if you raise around, uh, that's like one of the perks of having a VC backed business versus versus doing the indie hacker path and having to just live off your revenue. Um, there's probably something in that uh, where um, it does seem like there's a like a later stage uh, founders tend to go VC backed. I guess so they can continue to pay themselves and have health insurance and stuff. We have those things. We now have two kids. Uh, it, life would be painful without basic benefits like health insurance mm -hmm. and uh, a salary. Mm -hmm. uh, it is definitely harder. Um, I'm constantly jealous of 22 year olds with nothing to do except for build a business. Um, mm -hmm. When I was 22, I was not focused on building the business. Not 100% sure what it was focused on at 22, but it definitely was not. Why <laughs> I probably had not heard of it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, in, so did, what was your mindset? Like did, at that point you left Unbounce and you were about to enter this thing, which is you don't have that money, like, you know, which Unbounce paid you, for example. I'm sure like, you know, that would be the yeah. case, right? And uh, what was the transition like? And how do you make that choice? Did you come prepared or, you know? You talk to co-founder. Well, yeah, well, we sold, you know, for enough money for us to feel comfortable for quite a while. Um, so even if YC hadn't worked out, we would have probably built something and been okay. Um, and we probably would have gone the venture path. We had a bunch of investors reach out after we sold our last company, um, which was not a venture-backed business. So, yeah, I, you know, we were in uh, more of a privileged space. I don't think everyone yeah. has the same opportunity and choices as we did. Uh, we did leave a lot of money on the table when we left on bounce, but that's about it.
Awesome. And uh, before we wrap up, sure. what is something that you want to convey for founders who like, you know, who are trying to apply, come with an idea, come with an MVP, come with traction? Where, where, do, you, where do founders start before they get into YC? Build a thing, uh, write about it, don't lie about it, and submit application. That's it. That's really all there Simple. is to it. Yeah, uh, awesome. people overthink it. I think uh, I think that's the thing that drags them down the most. They overthink it. They get too much feedback, and really, they should just right. submit the application. There's no cost. There's no application fee. Just right. Let exactly. It just take a chance, right? And you know, shoot your shot. If it hits, exactly. Hits. Yeah, and you get as many shots as you want. I knew somebody right. that got in, and they had applied six times prior. Exactly. So there is no harm in applying, and you know, try as much as you can. Chris, love this, and uh, thanks for like you know taking time today uh, and sure. sharing the journey with you know, with us. And yeah, we wish you the best of luck. And I'm a big fan of loops. As a as a product guy myself, I find it like really fascinating. Nobody have done, never done that before, which is product centric, you know, marketing email tool. Uh, Mailchimp and all that are very much you know newsletter oriented or like you know as such yeah. right so I'm, I'm, uh, that's, the, that's the goal yeah. that's the goal right yeah and excited to see you grow and uh, you, you create awesome content on twitter so uh, appreciate you for doing that and creating value for other founders so thanks for joining us today absolutely